The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. current affairs and LGBT news-oriented panel discussion series that's dedicated to you. Here are your hosts, Dominion Onyx, Carl Anthony, John Sebastian, and Legionnaire. Good evening. Today is Thursday, March 10th, 2016, and welcome to Reality, exclusively on Poppy Chulo Radio, available at poppychuloradio.com, pop culture on demand. How's everyone doing tonight? Doing pretty good. Hey, I'm good. I hear two lovely dulcet tones, but I feel like we're missing someone. We you know, are. So can I get a roll call? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got Carl Anthony here in Sin City. In my Ooh, new you sound sexy and sinful. I like that. And who's that other voice we have? Oh, you got Legionnaire in the house. <laughs> Ooh, you sound like trade. You know, <laughs> so that means we're missing uh, we're missing our boo John Sebastian. Uh, we know he's out in the world doing foolishness. So, uh, well, actually, he's doing God's work. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's not necessarily foolishness, but we miss him, and we'll see him next week. Oh, and for those of you that don't know, this is Dominion. Yay! <laughs> I know. <laughs> So are y'all ready for an exciting show tonight? You're ready. Always. always. Well, all right. We're going to talk about that picture of uh, Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Coogler that's raising such a ruckus with the kids. We're going to talk about Caitlyn Jenner wanting to be Ted Cruz's trans ambassador. We're going to talk about the depiction of rape on TV. We're going to introduce a new segment called Point Counterpoint, the reality yeah. political roundtable and then in under hot tea we're going to talk about Car- uh, Karen Stefan's is it Stefan's whatever her name is aka uh, Superhead was talking about uh, Maya Angelou and Oprah being a hoe then we're going to get into uh, y'all girl because she's not my girl Funky Dineva and we're going to wrap up with uh Announcing the Dancing with the Hasbins cast. <laughs> yeah. Y'all ready? Uh, yes, yes, I'm ready. 
Well, all right, let's get into it. But you know what we're going to do to start? We're going to start with a little bit of Facebook fuckery and foolishness. Oh, <laughs> Listeners, <laughs> perk up your ears. Did you know that there are over five languages in this world? Five. We don't need all these languages, people. We don't need no British language or Canadian language or Hawaiian language or Alaskan language. We need just American, okay? Just American language. Nothing more, nothing less, just American. You want to know why? Because the letters are pretty. They're cute pretty letters. Like... Alright, we can stop it right there. <sighs> this girl is brilliant. Uh... I mean, I think one day she should run for... Well, she is already the kid president of the world. So... She's the kid president of the world? I don't know. This bitch just made that shit up because I've never seen this whole <laughs> That's scary. And I mean, I agree that, you know, American should be the one world language because the letters are pretty shapes. <laughs> and there shouldn't be any British in language, you know, and no Canadian language. Because mm. they're mm. pretty oh, shapes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Or Alaskan, apparently. Or Alaskan. Or Hawaiian. And I mean, she actually just, dumb luck, actually did, you know, <laughs> get at least uh, one of those, right? Because there is a native Hawaiian language, but, you know. Yes, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's terrifying. Sad is what it is. Yes. <laughs> so sad sad and Oh. Sad, sad well, state. You know, we live uh, in a world where, you know, the president's can- presidential candidates are discussing the sizes of their penises and their hands, so mm. as legitimate debate points. So there and, is and, that. And this hot on the heels of International Women's Day. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> put her right well, on up. Put her right on up there. Did with you hear, uh, hear that the one remaining Wachowski brother is now a Wachowski sister? Yes, yes. A- Andy is now Lily. Good for them. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I read about that today, and. She basically said that a reporter from the Daily Mail came by her house unannounced and said, either you give me an exclusive or I'm going to out you um, in an upcoming issue of um, of the magazine. And she said she was forced out, you know, before she was ready. But I'm like, Really? <laughs> I mean, your twin brother, now your tw- your twin sister, is already out. So it's not like, you know what I'm saying? It's not like anyone's going to be like, no. So I feel like this was as much for publicity on her part as an actual outing. I'm not doubting that the Daily Mail probably did show up unannounced at this chick's doorstep, but still... Mm-hmm. 
I feel. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm just cynical and I don't believe that anyone in Hollywood does anything purely by accident, you know. That may have happened, but she quickly consulted with some um, PR people and figured out how to work this to her advantage. I would I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Wachowski sisters now have some movie coming out that they need to uh, need to pump. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? So. Oh, and just for clarity's sake, they aren't twins. Oh, they aren't. I thought they were no. twins. Sorry. No, no, they're a couple of years apart. Oh well, shows you how much I know. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of people talking about shit they don't know. So yesterday, the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Virginia released its decision on in the case of Doe versus George Mason University at all, and they felt compelled to weigh in on whether there is a constitutional right to engage in consensual BDSM sex. Their answer was no. So... Basically, there was a George Mason student who was expelled for allegedly having sex with a woman without her consent because he failed to stop their BDSM sex after his partner said her safe word. And the the court found that there is a legislative restriction on BDSM activity is justifiable by reference to the state's interest in protecting vulnerable persons, i.e. sexual partners placed in a situation with an elevated risk of physical harm. And they mentioned activities such as binding and gagging or the use of physical force such as spanking or choking that poses certain inherent risks to personal safety not present in more traditional sexual activity. So... I guess we're, you know, we can't be choking bitches now. I guess not. Because, you know, they are vulnerable and they aren't in a position to uh, say no. So. Well, dang. That's sad. It is. That is sad. <laughs> oh, well, Carl, no more letting boys piss inside you. Mm. <laughs> Carl is like, why do I tell these bitches that? <laughs> I should have never opened my mouth about that because these things will not. I should never revealed that. But I think it's uh, crazy that they're making these rules. Like, so what is? I mean, how are they going to ref? Right, exactly. I don't know that they're necessarily putting into place legislation, although I'm sure the more, you know, religiously conservative types will want to, but what they're saying is that now any person who feels that um any person can now come and say that, you know, this person sexually assaulted me or raped me. And if you say, well, we agreed that, you know, I was going to to beat you or do whatever you as the person who did the beating have no grounds to stand on because there's the this court is now saying that that person because they're in um 
because the the sexual activity involves a degree of physical harm and risk there is no um that they are by definition a vulnerable person and cannot consent which is ridiculous but you know I'm, that's what they're saying mm. yes that, that is crazy that makes no sense not at all well, anyway, kids, we got a lot of show to get to, so I just thought those were some interesting icebreakers. So, y'all ready to get into it? Let's get on in, yes. All right, let's get all the way into it. Carl, you're up first, talking about uh, the Vanity Fair uh, picture of uh, Ryan Coogler and uh, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, it, it, that's an interesting story because people, overall, people were positive, and there were those ignorant people who read into the picture in a way that isn't even necessary, but um, it, it seems, you know, Vanity Fair had a, a picture on their cover, um, in reg- a picture in their magazine, in, and it had uh, Michael B. Jordan and, and Ryan Coogler, a photo. And, and in the photo, for those listeners who haven't maybe seen the photo, um, Michael B. Jordan is has his hand on Ryan Coogler's head, on the top of his head. Um, and nothing about it says gay or quote unquote, as some people said, uh, a, a lack of masculinity showing in it. Um, but the, but there were still people, and and again, some of the more ignorant tweets and and comments that were made when um, the person who writing this article posted on social media, some of the comments that were made were just ignorant. Um, some of the and I just wanted to read some of the comments they made in regards to the picture because that's what the, the, the subject matter was of what they their perception what the picture portrayed or conveyed in messaging. Um, one person stated, "Nah, fuck that. We need a mask and strong image in Black America, not something that portrays emasculation. Black people don't control the magazine and media, so we are not the fault era of the image, but people." are allowed to react to emasculation however they want to and this is whack um, another comment that was made was I'm not grabbing another dude's head for a picture cameraman telling me how to pose nah bruh I'm not doing this picture like that that's that's when selling your soul comes in um, and then another comment I don't understand why this photo is disturbing um, oh wait two black men united is a no no I forgot about that they're supposed to be shooting at one another um, F.O.H. Fuck out of here, basically. Um, another person said, it's so sad that white supremacy has done um, to beautiful Africans living in Merca. Even better to see real niggas going back to... I did get this... Going back to love. Um, that one was a little disturbing, that post. But I, I think it poses the question for us um, as hosts as... as ooh, what does this speak about our the conversation? I mean, there were some positive comments, and overall, I think the the comments were positive. But it, for me, um, when I looked at the image, there was nothing about it that said to me, "Oh, they might be gay," um, or "Oh, this is." But I will say this though: in to counter what the article is kind of speaking about, I was very disappointed in some gay black individuals on social media trying to push this image on image as if though they were gay 
And I speak to that because a lot of times we are our worst enemy. We talk about we want to be accepted. We talk about equality. We talk about the misperceptions of being black and gay in America. But then those same people who talk about it then go on social media and post this picture in groups saying, uh-oh, what is this saying? What's this tea? Or, you know, and we're pushing this nonsense and unintelligent perceptions um, and of this image. So it's almost like we're doing exactly what we say we don't want done to us, but we're doing it every time we see a picture of two men just showing endearment toward each other. Nothing about the picture said, oh, that's his lover. Oh, you know, that's his partner. Anything like that. There was nothing sexual about it. It was like just two brothers saying, and I did take from the picture they were showing, they had mutual respect and love for each other and what they're both trying to do, which is change um, the dynamics of Hollywood and and, and, and produce movies um, that can be on the same playing field of their white counterparts. And they were showing that bond of like that brotherly love of I've got you. That's when I got, I kind of got from the picture myself. So I mean, it's sad that some people white and black took this in the wrong direction, but also speaks to the ignorance that we are still dealing with within even our own communities. Um, and we still have a long way to go uh, when it comes to, when it comes to subjects like this. So, uh, what did you guys think of the picture or what were your first thoughts when you saw the picture that came to your mind? Um, I thought I thought that it was I thought that it was an interesting picture. It was definitely interestingly posed, but I wasn't bothered by it one way or the other, you know. But then reading the comments were just I, it was just I don't know. It, it it bugged me that that somehow you know you know that I guess the whole thing that it it looks gay and I just can't get my head around what that's supposed to mean because you got two men right. that are showing affection for one another that has to automatically equate to being gay and that's just that that bugs the hell out of me i mean i think it was um you know i liked it i I'm, i won't say i don't didn't like it i liked it i thought it was unusual you know it struck me a certain way but i mean clearly it shows that you know these men are more than just Workmates. I mean, they there's more connecting them than the fact that they just did a movie together. At least from the face of the picture. Now, I don't need to necessarily read anything more into it than that because I mean, there's nothing that has been printed or exposed or revealed or talked about that would indicate that either one of these men are gay. So I mean, why does that have to be the assumption just because there's a, there would be a more intimate pose than most people are comfortable with? I guess I, you know, looked at it and maybe I saw a little bit of gayness in it because a lot of people have talked about Michael B. Jordan possibly being gay. But even as I said that, I didn't have a problem with it per se. And ultimately, I didn't care. I ultimately assumed that, you know, because there was no article or headline about, you know, this representing some something that you know it was my own whatever about um michael b jordan or anything that made me think that and so like so many other things you know most of the time i just keep my mouth shut because no one wants to hear my opinion and i wish other people would do the same right 
because if he was if, if this article if this Vanity Fair article was talking about you know Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Coogler developed this love on set <laughs> that would have right. been the headline so since that wasn't there and that hasn't been a rumor or anything said you know you you you, you know you can you can make an initial you know you could have an initial um thought about the picture based on whatever your prejudices are but then let other information inform your final judgment and in the final judgment there was nothing in the article or anything that anyone else had said that suggested this was anything more than two people in close proximity to one another it was not like they're almost kissing or anything you know they're both looking at the camera you know, there is maybe some aspect of submission in Ryan Coogler's pose towards Michael B. Jordan, but you know, just people just need to shut the fuck up and find real shit to argue about. Right. Exactly. So that's that's how as is um uh what's his, what was the comedian's name? Andrew Dice Clay used to say that's how I feel about that. <laughs> Mind your own damn business. That's how I feel. Yes. Yes. And shut the fuck up. Be, be, be quiet. Oh, child. All right. So next up, uh, Legionnaire, you're going to talk to us about uh, this bitch again. Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> Yes, our uh, wonderful Caitlyn Jenner wants to be Ted Cruz's trans ambassador, at least according to a story that's on Gawker.com, where uh, Rich Jusbiak says that hearing a trans person calling presidential candidate Ted Cruz very nice is like hearing a, a seal wax ecstatic about her new shark buddy. But the former scenario has happened at least once. Cruz, you see, is virulently anti-trans. He once described the Obama's administration's support of trans students as lunacy and mischaracterized it as trying to force school districts to let boys shower with little girls. He has said that it's better to inflict trans students on teachers by allowing them to use facility bathrooms as opposed to those shared with their peers. He seems, hmm, what's the phrase? Hazardous to the notion of equality, hell bent on putting the LBGT community in its place after getting freaked out by the Supreme Court's passing of marriage equality. And at the very least, he seems not so very nice. According to Caitlyn Jenner, though, Ted Cruz is very nice. And we just got word from the seal that her great white friend just invited me over into his mouth. I'm stoked. To the advocate, <laughs> Jenner revealed that she wants to be Cruz's trans ambassador should he become president. And here is the relevant excerpt from Don Ennis Jenner profile. Wouldn't it be great. Let's say he goes on to be president. And I have all my girls on the trans issues board to advise him on making decisions when it comes to trans issues. Isn't that a good idea? So you're going to be Ted Cruz's trans ambassador? Yes. Trans ambassador to the president of the United States. So we can say, Ted, love what you're doing, but here's what's going on. And she wasn't joking. 
Jenna is a Republican and has much faith in the party that has been notoriously anti-LGBT, whether by conviction or as a way of pandering to idiot voters. It's bigoted either way. Regarding her Republican status, Jenna told Ennis, Number one, if we don't have a country, we don't have trans issues. We need jobs. We need a vibrant economy. I want every trans person to have a job. With $19 trillion in debt and it keeps going up, we're spending money we don't have. Eventually, it's going to end. And I don't want to see that. Socialism did not build this country. Capitalism did. Free enterprise. The people built it. And they need to be given the opportunity to build it back up. End quote. That sounds about as idealistic as convincing Ted Cruz that trans people are people too, or at least stop spouting his hateful bullshit. Good luck with that, everyone. Have a great time on your date, Seal. Yeah. Yeah. I need her to shut up. How you... Listen, you just became a woman like two weeks ago. <laughs> Oh, honestly, how long ago did you start your transition for real? Mm. You are in no position because you have no idea what it's like to actually be a, a be a woman. Let's go back to all of those issues where you talked about the hardest thing about being a woman was choosing what dress to wear. No, bitch, women. And I'm not going to use the term any other term but women in general have a whole lot of a lot of other issues to deal with besides what foundation to wear and then to choose a candidate who is open in his hatred of you and everything about you but see, that's easy for you to say because you're never going to have to deal with it. One, you live in Hollywood. You got a little mm -hmm. TV show. You come from a famous family. So even if your the rest of your trans trans sisters are persecuted, that's never something that you're going to have to deal with. You're never going to go to a restaurant and have anyone say to you, you can't come in. You're never going to have to deal with a life where you can't afford your hormone treatments or you got to get out and suck dick on the corner to, to pay for your hormone treatments. You're never going to have to boost your dresses from uh, Marshalls because you can't afford to uh, buy your or, or to have designers come over and design shit for your box looking ass. Mm. So fuck you. And I hate, I hate the most. It's everything that I was afraid of when this bitch came out as trans that people going to start looking to her like she's some fucking role model or like anyone gives a damn about anything that she has to say. Bitch. And, and there that. Carl, what you got to say? <laughs> well, Caitlin, I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed in Caitlyn because I, I I had hopes that she would understand. And, and again, I here, well, let me say this. I do agree with what Caitlyn states that it it is not fair and it's not a, even right to assume that just because someone is transgender, they can't be Republican. I think that is ridiculous to think that. And I think we're naive to think that. Now, do I, I, I don't agree with a lot of the, the, the way of thoughts of the Republicans, yes, but it's just like I don't understand how black people can be Republicans. I don't understand how there can be a gay Republican group. 
you know, honestly. So for people to judge her just because she's now transgender and, and, and the people have chosen for her to be the face of the transgender movement. She didn't necessarily, she didn't necessarily say, just sign me up. Yes, she did take, she, she realized that she owns that. Um, and because of her celebrity status, she under, she knows that. So from that standpoint, I'm disappointed in her because she is not taking the conversation and allowing it to, to take place in a good way. I watched a few of the shows um, recently where she was on the bus with the other transgender uh, counterparts are on this bus trip with her. And they kept on saying to her, you know, they weren't trying to change her over from being a Republican, but a few of them said, you need to understand the power of your voice. And all they were trying to get her to say is, we just want you to, to, to start the conversation. We're not asking you to agree with our views. We're not asking you to become a Democrat. We're not asking you to support Hillary Clinton. But what we do want you to do is to use the power of your status as Caitlyn Jenner to at least open up the dialogue and make people start talking about this so that way people can really listen to what they're saying. Because a lot of times people spew out a lot of stuff, but they're not hearing what they're saying. So if you can start a dialogue and a conversation in a good way, then people be like, oh, damn, I sound kind of, you know, that sounds kind of crazy what I just said, you know, or they hear another a counter argument or they hear another point of view. And they're asking Caitlin to just open the door for us. We're on this road trip with you. Use your status to open up the door for us to get into some of these conversations with politicians, to get us in the room with some of them so they can see that we're not this horrible pedophile. We're not this monster that you guys are trying to portray us to be. She can, she has the power, whether she wants to acknowledge or not, she has the power to open up those doors. And those other transgender women were visibly, that's what they were asking her to do. So from that standpoint, yeah, I'm really they disappointed. They should have not asked her to this bitch to do nothing because she should just keep her fucking mouth shut. <laughs> they could, but they, the, the, the reality though is to me is she's here. She's not going right. to go away. So we can no. say that all day, but or we can try to convince her to say, hey, we're not asking you to change over. We're not telling you to become a Democrat, but at least say, you know Honey. what? You're right. Let's have a conversation about. Let's. She's you know, never going to say that. She claims she's politicians sick. are supportive. Well, bring those politicians in then. You claim she, they're supportive of the I, LGBT. Bring them in a room. Oh. Let's get them. <laughs> oh, let's have to talk with them because who knows? Oh. They may show their true colors. Know that this. You. Uh, you. Ted <laughs> Cruz don't know her. She don't know Ted Cruz. But she claims that she does. Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz is like um, the lady should believe in the midnight of garden of good and evil. It's like, I don't know that bitch. I never even met her. <laughs> oh, I don't give a shit about, about him. You never met him. And it's one thing to be, I mean, if she had said, you know, John Kasich is you know, whatever, then I might be like, you know, yes. But to literally, that's like a black candidate being like, yeah, I'm going to support David Duke because he gets us. That's just stupid. That's just dumb. So when you say stupid shit out of your mouth and then people are looking at you like a representative for a whole community that you aren't even really a part of, you can be a part you can be a part of something, um, and I don't want to use the word biologically, but you get what I mean, mm -hmm. without actually being 
a part of it. Just like people like Armstrong Williams and other Negroes, we all black, but we ain't all black. Hmm. Just like, would you want Armstrong Williams speaking for all black people? Hmm. She's tra- Caitlyn Jenner is nothing but a trans step and fetch it. With enough disrespectful to step and fetch it. <laughs> At least right. he was doing it because he didn't really have a choice in the system into which he was born. Right. But that's just my opinion. Dominion's opinions, patent pending, patent pending, patent pending. <laughs> we got to come up with a phrase for each one of us. So, you know, I got Dominion's opinion. So, Legionnaire and Carl, for next week, you got to come up with a catchphrase. <laughs> so it could be like a hashtag. Yes, I will come up with something. <laughs> you didn't say that with a lot of enthusiasm, and I'm a little annoyed by that. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, you know, it's she. She bothers me so much. She bothers me. She just bothers me. I. I wish that she had just had her transition and went away. Right. And you know, I'm. I, I just looks like a rich old white woman and just yeah. kept it moving. We exactly. knew that was that going to happen because she was a she's part of that Jenner Kardashian clan. They don't know how to do anything without having the whole world look at them, and yeah. then got the nerve to be upset when people look at them. Right, you know, and and the best thing that you have to come out of your conversation when you met Ted Cruz is to say you thought he was very nice. It's like okay, so how does that transition to you being a trans ambassador? when you clearly are not speaking to anything that you know you say that this man stands for it's it's, it's crazy it's crazy to me and and like and just like Carl Anthony said it's disappointing because if if she was indeed going to remain in the spotlight it, it would have it would have been a pleasant surprise for her to do so in a in a responsible way right and in that you're exactly right and that's Again, and that's what I saw when I watched that episode on the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's on the bus with other trans women, young, and it, and, it, and they've got a, a varied array. There's a, there's one that's, that's African American. There's a Latino. There's uh, the one that's a professor at one of the universities. I've seen her before on ABC and different, you know, um, as but I can't think of who she is. But she was the main one trying to get Caitlyn to, to understand, like. You need to understand why these issues are important to us. You need to right. understand why these issues are important to be discussed. Why we're wanting, and when you discount them, right? It hurts. She even said it hurts us when you discount them. When you discount this as a real issue, and you don't actually say, you know what? I respect this an issue for you guys. Maybe it's not. And and here's the thing: the real issue is that there's a there's an issue of of money involved in this so mm. a lot of the issues like you and Demi makes a good point about that a, a lot of these issues caitlin can't relate to because of the money it has nothing to do with it used to be bruce jenner now it has nothing to do with that when you live at a certain income there is a world that you do not know anything of exactly so because it's hard from that standpoint alone caitlin jenner just can't get with a lot of the struggles of the LGBT or the trans community because 
the 90, I would say 99% of the trans community is in a lower tax bracket, way beneath where Caitlyn Jenner ever has, will ever be. Exactly. And their world is totally different. Their reality is totally different. Caitlyn Jenner's reality is totally different. She lives in a different world than what they live in. So it's so it's just disappointing that she's not able to say, at least I'll listen. And I think that's all they really want from her. They don't want her to change. Mm-hmm. They just want the bitch to sit down and listen to us and open a and door for other people to because come Because like Legionnaire said, like you both said, she lives in an entirely different world because one of i i think probably one of the most important issues to people who are trans is um employment rights and health care rights ted cruz doesn't believe in any of those ted cruz doesn't believe that you know people can't be fired for being trans ted cruz doesn't believe that you know a person who has transitioned to female uh, should have the right to use a woman's bathroom and not be treated like uh, someone like like a like a pervert or um, a, a, a sex predator. Ted Cruz doesn't believe that uh, believe in universal health care, which to most transgender people is an incredibly important right because without that, you know, the cost for hormones. And all of the other th- and surgery and stuff would be—it's already astronomical. Right. It would be impossible. So exactly. I mean, how can you be an ambassador? And it's not even that you don't have to live that life. I mean, hell, I'm not poor, but I can empathize with people who are poor, and I feel like I could speak at least on some level to their issues. But when you don't even believe certain things are issues, how can you be an ambassador for that? Exactly. Anyway, fuck this bitch. Let's move on to something else. <laughs> All right. So our last hot topic of the evening uh, is about American crime, TV, and society's evolving sexual violence conversation. So in um, an article on pastemagazine.com, first of all, I do want to give a trigger warning because there's, you know, we're not going to get but so deep into it. But, you know, this article really is about sexual assaults uh, and particularly for this show and this angle, we're going to talk about male sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how many have either of you been watching American Crime this season? Yes. Um, so for those of you who have it, uh, the story this season season revolves around a community struggling to deal with the sexual assault of a high school boy at a party thrown by the school's basketball team. Um, the real question for the community and by the extension, the viewers is how they deal with the situation. And because, you know, the problem is that, uh, we don't normally ask these questions. And even when we do, we don't typically ask these questions about what happens uh, to men. So in one of the pivotal scenes in the first couple of episodes, uh, Terry, who is Regina, played by Regina King, uh, is the mother of one of the basketball players, uh, well, of course, is black. She says, um, first of all, boys don't do that to other boys. And even if he could, the boys fight back. And, you know, there's also issues in this about power and class and access and agency and um, 
things like that. And it's, you know, it's an important conversation to have. Um, I personally didn't get into the show because, you know, I just can't add but so many shows. I didn't want to add a new show to my thing. And, you know, I already got enough emotional drama from Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder. <laughs> but next season, I might be ready to go when I let those other two shows go. But Legionnaire, tell me, first of all, your thoughts on this season and how the storyline is playing out. And is it exploitational? Do you feel like it's true to life? And was the black boy involved in the rape? Yeah, well, well, first I want to say that I've, I've found this particular season just, I mean, to say that it was gripping and multi-layered is just a gross understatement. Um, you know, because cause you start out wondering, it's like, well, how the world could this happen? And I couldn't help but find myself at least initially thinking along the lines of how Terry was thinking. You know, but as the story unfolds and you start to find out more about Taylor and Eric, you know, the two that were involved in, in the whole assault and how the other characters were involved, you know, you begin to see all yeah, of the layers. Uh, Eric, well, Taylor was the one that was that was attacked. Well, that right. was allegedly attacked. And Eric was supposedly the guy that attacked him. But that's not the black guy. No, the black guy, the black uh, kid is Kevin. Terry's son is okay. Kevin. So, um, uh, Kevin was the captain of the, of the basketball team and the basketball team hosted this, this gathering, this party. Um, so that's kind of how, you know, his, um, that's kind of how his character was drawn into it because, you know, he threw the party, um, and he, you know, provided, of course, there was alcohol at the party and it turns out that at some point the boy was drugged and and all these other different things so you know just by virtue of him being an african-american even though his family was was relatively affluent you know there's there's still levels of race that involved them more than it probably should have and it, it was just a really really interesting story and i think that it played itself out very realistically it didn't seem sensationalized or or over the top or anything i mean you really get to see how this affects these people from all these different angles and even though you know and and it's funny that we actually talked about uh earlier uh, you know earlier in in the broadcast how we talked about how bdsm you know could be how how they say that you can't really consent and all those other different things because that's what we start to find out was that um, Taylor had these fantasies of being overpowered, and really? that's and that's what he wanted to play out. He wanted to play that out in his exchanges with Eric, and when they got together. But that was before the party, though. That was before the party, so that when they oh. went to the party and hooked up, as things started to unfold, you know, in 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 reality you know taylor wasn't quite as ready to experience it live as he thought he was so it's a more new it's a more nuanced portrayal than they just drugged this guy and raped him it's more of a situation with two young people i don't want to say went too far because that's disrespectful to people who were sexually assaulted but it's not as cut and dried as one might think exactly because that's what i because going in that's exactly what i thought that it was just something where you know this kid was picked on and all of a sudden you know some situation got real out of control and you know this this poor boy gets you know just gets 
gangbanged or whatever it is. But it wasn't like that. It was like you said, it was a lot more nuanced than that. And there was so many levels to the story where you see Taylor dealing with his sexuality and 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 how, you know, Taylor even had a girlfriend and, you know, Eric was dealing with his sexuality, with his burgeoning sexuality in a totally different way by hooking up with guys and not wanting any real physical contact beyond kissing. It was just really it was really nuanced and interesting and and layered and it played out in a it, it wasn't what you would have thought it would be as it played out. And they really managed to throw in a lot of little surprises and other pieces to the story and other people get pulled into it. And, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's surprising that this season is actually getting ready to wrap up because I could have seen this going on a little longer. I want to know what happened to the teacher, uh, not the teacher, but the administrator. Cause at first the administrator tried to make uh what's her name? Lily Taylor, the mother made yes. her see, but she wrote all that shit down and then made her sign it and everything. Right. And then when the, when they when she asked what was going on, she was like, "Well, you said that the boy was drinking and all of this," and she didn't give a shit about the, about what happened to Taylor. I mean, I, mm-hmm. she was just trying to protect the reputation of her rich school because they were in the middle of a building fund campaign. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. But even even she gets. You know, even she gets pulled in and has to, and she and she get she spends the whole season scrambling. She's scrambling the whole season to try to stay ahead of this and keep you know and keep her own hands clean. Wow. Well, Carl, do you any, anything you want to add? There's really not much to add. I haven't really seen the, um, I haven't seen the show, and and I've heard a lot about it, but. I haven't really seen it, and so to give an honest opinion about it as much, but I do. I just, I think the 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 context in which the media is addressing a lot of issues right now, whether it's with sex and rape and just different subject matters, um, the filters they're using, or 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 as we say, the lens that they're looking at through, and people are looking at through, is it's kind of scary that the that the television and social media and visuals are really shaping so much of our community mm-hmm. um that's my fear is it that's what we're relying on so much um there's no more and and it's and i wish it was leading to conversations mm-hmm. but it tends to not be leading to conversations or dialogue it's just people seeing it and then they make judgments and make up their mind of of where, where they stand on it and that's it you know, it's not so. I mean, again, I, I there's pros to it. Of it, actually, it, it, it people can say oh, it's, it's in the media, so that's great that the media is bringing some light to it and all this kind of stuff. But then, what's the next step from there? It's okay right. to put light on something, but if you're not doing it in a in a good way, then I don't know if I can really support it coming to light in in such a manner because it's yeah, not and helping. that's kind of how I feel too because. I feel like the conversation would have been um, it would have been a better conversation to have if you know it had been much more cut and dried if Taylor had literally just been a kid that went to the party and someone got they got drunk and they raped him then it would have been a lot more about the power exchange not the power exchange but you know about the fact that rape is a crime of power 
and whatever. But by making Taylor having have having had these BDSM fantasies and the other boy being gay, now it's you know people won't see it as a rape story. They'll see it as a gay story, which you know to me mm-hmm. takes away the power and the importance of what really does happen because to me that's the important story yes right. it is important to talk about you know a kid who has two teenagers who have sexual feelings but i mean i feel like this it's sort of a missed opportunity and they watered it down ironically by making it a more complex story instead of a more cut and dried story about a kid who got um sexually assaulted and um, penetrated against his will at a party. Yeah, and, and I agree with you, except I, I think that there was actually another missed opportunity in this season that they could have taken advantage of because at some point along along the story, you know, Taylor gets so caught up in what's going on because it's sensationalized and all this stuff. There's media coverage and then he's changing schools and all these other different things that happen is, is that he goes to... Um, he actually goes to the school with the intent of shooting the administrator. Um, mm-hmm. But in the process, she's not there. And then he gets confronted by this other kid. And, you know, in, in, in the scuffle, he shoots this other kid because he just got beat up by a bunch of the of the basketball players. Um, so he mm-hmm. comes to school and he's pissed off, mad or whatever. And there's other factors, of course, that influence that happening. But the following episode they had a lot of people from you know people that were that were touched by the events in columbine you know kind of you know break the fourth wall and speak you know about their experiences in dealing what happened at columbine and i'm thinking well this would have been a perfect opportunity to address the you know more more accurately or i guess more readily address the issue of males being sexually assaulted i think that was the missed opportunity you should have had an episode or whatever that if you were going to bring people to speak outside of the story have them speak to that and how that is not um even even today that's not something that people hold a lot of credibility to because just like terry said you know that's not something that boys do to each other and if they do they fight back so it can't be this thing that that can be equal to what happens to women you know because that that kind of encapsulated how this whole story was supposed to you know be focused so i would thought i would have hoped i would have liked to have seen guests brought in to speak to that rather than to have this whole separate thing where they're speaking to this whole thing of you know shootings happening in school right and you know you if you were going to do an episode about shootings in school, you know, this is a perfect opportunity to talk about bullying, bullying and the motivation. And I don't think Columbine was the appropriate group of people to talk about because those two kids weren't bullied. As far as I recall, they were certainly loners and outsiders, but they weren't kids who had been attacked, you know, and uh, were settling a score. So generally the issue of school shootings is one thing, but you know, it's and you, you know maybe maybe TV isn't. You know, I, I'm sure people would have had a problem with with uh, any episode that you know offered any empathy for you know someone who shoot shot up a bunch of people at school. But you know, it needs to be said. You know, you keep fucking with a kid. You know, and I'm not suggesting that is right. That you know, you know, you start shooting, but you know. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of times there are motivational factors yeah. that you know cause kids to get involved in violence. And if you're going to do this nuanced portrayal of stuff, you know, don't you know they this this in this opportunity it was they did something nuanced, but they didn't go far enough. So right. Yeah. Anyway. So that's hot topics, kids. <laughs> yes. Yes. I feel like that was hot. That was That's hot. hot. That was, was a good hot so, topic. Before we move on to point counterpoint, I want to just mention to everyone that we are now fancy. For those of you that don't know, you can download tonight's episode through iTunes. Just search for Reality and Describe. You can also download the entire Reality Library via PapaChuloRadio.com slash archives. And if you want to keep up with our uh, reality, you can like us on Facebook by going to Facebook.com forward slash PCR reality. And you can follow us on Twitter at PCR reality. You can also follow Poppy Chulo Radio on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram by looking for at Poppy Chulo Radio. You can also help support reality and Poppy Chulo Radio by going to GoFundMe.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. And lastly, do you want to see yourself on, uh, see yourself, hear yourself on <laughs> iTunes? Do you want to see yourself on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Hulu and Netflix and uh, Roku and uh, uh, McDonald's commercials? <laughs> McDonald's commercials? <laughs> if the answer to any of those questions is yes, you can go... <laughs> Uh, you might be interested in joining the Poppy Chulo radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor. And if you're interested, you can email us at talent at poppychuloradio.com. Again, that's talent at poppychuloradio.com. So kids, next up, we have a new segment. It's called Point Counterpoint. You know, one day, this is my Barbara, Barbara Walters voice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if in other parts of the country, have you all ever, ever heard of a show called The McLaughlin Group? I have. I haven't. So The McLaughlin Group was a political roundtable with John McLaughlin, where he would bring people together from both sides of the political aisle. Most of the time they were journalists or um, talking heads or whatever, but it was in a more roundtable kind of setting versus, you know, a split screen thing where people aren't even in the same location. So these people were literally looking at one another and he would say, issue one. <laughs> and say whatever the issue is and allow people to speak and then sometimes he would pronounce judgment on whether they would say he would say wrong so I encourage you to uh, watch uh, parody clips of it on um, Saturday Night Live from back before uh, most of you were of age mm -hmm. well I think that only applies to one person that's on on, um, on the panel now and I think that's um our new political roundtable buddy, Mark. Say hello to the people, up? Mark. Hello. <laughs> yes, I'm a millennial. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. He's many things. He's a talented violinist. Yes, sir. He's um, a talented tweeter. 
Mm. <laughs> Are you paying attention to my tweets? Mm -hmm. I love it when you twat. <laughs> and he also he has a number of very strong opinions most of which I agree with mm. most of which Yo, which Mike, brings Mike, us Mike, to Mike, the Mike, issue Mike, today Mike deviate just Let a little bit tonight <laughs> you what? Mike deviate just a little bit tonight just a tiny bit but remember, I'm the John McLaughlin, so I will ultimately render a judgment on your opinion. Yeah, we know. So, <laughs> it is Dominion's opinions. <laughs> so, uh, let's start with uh, an article that was on Huffington Post, where uh, the title of the article is, that says, Don't assume Bernie Sanders supporters will back Hillary Clinton if she's a nominee. So um, I'm not going to read any of this, but I feel like the head headline says it all. There are some people on both sides of the Democratic aisle, at least, that say that if their chosen candidate, either Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders, does not win, that they are not going to vote. And therefore, issue one. <laughs> Is it appropriate to choose to withhold your vote if the person that you want to win does not win the primary. Mark, as our special guest, okay, good. You I was go gonna first. Ask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay, first of all, I think anyone who is like really a Democratic Party loyalist, they're full of shit when they say that. Because I think back in 2008, which was my first like election, my presidential election where I was actually of age to vote. Um, went back in 2008 and I remember Hillary loyalists saying the exact same bullshit and then what ended up happening was everyone ended up voting for Obama anyway so I feel like that's exactly what's going to happen this time so like you know regardless of who wins I think people are just going to see how you know Trump is now because I, I really I, I believe Trump is going to get the Republican nomination as anyone with a brain cell probably does and so what's going to end up happening is they're going to see all the Trump's craziness and they're going to all unite behind whoever gets the Democratic Party nomination because they're not going to want Trump to be in office. So that's the first thing. But mm -hmm. really, like from like a truly, you know, that's from a practical standpoint, from like like a truly like fundamental standpoint, I believe like if you're someone who really believes in what like Bernie Sanders stands for, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not personally here for either candidate that much for different reasons, but mm -hmm. if you're truly like here for Bernie Sanders and his message and what he believes in, I personally like, I understand that mentality because I don't see how you can like, I don't see how you can support him and then turn around and be behind Hillary Clinton. Now I even more so don't see how you can like, if Bernie Sanders doesn't get the nomination, I don't see how you can support him and then turn around and vote for Donald Trump because, I mean, you know, as much as I don't care for Hillary Clinton, I mean, Donald Trump is, you know, it obviously far worse than what Clinton is. So I just feel like that's just, you know, that's out of spite. That's out of political bullshit. So, like, you shouldn't. I mean, I feel like anyone who says that is full of shit, but I don't see how you can say that I'm going to vote for Trump if Hillary gets a nomination, but that's just, you know, that's just the way I see that. Sure. Um, Legionnaire, thoughts? You know, I, 
I'm still very much on I'm on the fence between the two. But but when I saw that and I've read things like that, it just it 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 just I mean to say that it's outrageous is just an understatement. I mean it's the same for me, it's the same mentality of people protesting social injustice by burning down their own fucking neighborhood. It's the same to me. That's the same rationale and the same mentality. It's like okay, so rather than exercise your vote Can we flip in, that in, point? in some in some form or fashion that's going to better the country, you're going to sit back and potentially let someone who's clearly not cl- not qualified or ready to run this country sit in power. So I, I just I don't get that. I don't get that. You know, because if 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 today I decided that yes, I'm I'm 100% Hillary and Bernie Sanders wins the nomination, well, clearly I still have a choice. Your choice hasn't been taken away. Just the option, just that particular option has been has been taken away. But you still have a choice. So you, as as a citizen of the United States, you need to exercise the power of that choice because by not doing so you're going to end up you know in a place that you don't want to be and 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 I just wish I was able to pull up the transcript of this this excellent commentary by Ed Gordon that was on the Tom Jonas show on the second and he talks about how you know if we don't if we as a country don't come together and come up with some common sense about who we're going to have as our next president we are truly going to get the government that we deserve and that may not be cute Carl Anthony thoughts. Hmm. Well, I think it's. I, I think it's. It it serves. It serves no good if the candidate you fully support. You can. And I'll say this. I support a lot of the concepts and ideas that Bernie Sanders has. Um, in theory, I truly do believe he has some really good theoretical ideas for how the government should run. How ideally we want our government to work for us and be about us. Um, but then there's the questions of can those ideas really be put into action? Does he have the pull? Um, because the reality is that the politics are a game. Politics is it's about power. It's about having the, as I say, the chips and 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 the and the tools and the people in in your treasure chest that you can pull out when it's time to go to war and go to battle with the the other side. It's sad to say that's how our government is, but that's the reality of how our government is. It is a game. I mean, you've got to have the right players in the game in order to to be good at the game. I just don't feel confident enough that he has enough players on his team to be good in the game. His theories are good, but does he have the players needed to make them happen? So if I was a Bernie Sanders supporter fully and wholeheartedly and I was feeling the burn and all that kind of stuff they say, I don't think it does me justice to then say I won't vote for Hillary. Because at the end of the day, when I look on the other side of what my other options are, I have a better ch- I would think I'd have a better chance of getting someone in who's not as limited and racist and I could go on and on about Trump and the Republicans and, and their, their way of thought. Um, and I would make sure that in essence, what Bernie Sanders wants us to do is to be active like he was active in the system. And to be active in the system is to participate in the system, whether or not it's flawed or not, still be active and let your voice be heard. Um, And not just sit at home and say, I'm not gonna vote at all. 
Um, so I think it definitely does a disservice to anyone who says they're a supporter of democracy and a supporter of change and all these great things to then say, oh, well, because my candidate didn't get the nomination, I'm just going to sit home and not vote at all. Then you just discount everything you say you believe in. And, and, Mark, and, and uh, did you have a counterpoint? For, oh, oh, for that? Um, well, okay. So I guess I, I can kind of uh, piggyback off of the discussion that you had sparked last week as far as like voting and staying home or whatever. So like, I know like it, it, it sparks a lot of contention, I think especially with a lot of people in the older generation when it comes to voting because there's this perception that voting is like the be all in all. Pause for a moment. When he says it's older generation, he means both of us, the uh, legionnaire, because, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll deal with his little young ass when we see him in Chicago, but keep going, young man. Oh, please. You know, I'm good. <laughs> we know you're good. <laughs> exactly. But no, um, <laughs> but no, um, I mean, like, I, there, there's this mentality that like voting is like the be all end all when it comes to like democracy or whatever else. But here's the thing, mm -hmm. like when it comes to the Democratic Party or when the, the Republican Party, like we we have this idea that the Democratic Party is serving our interests and serving like, you know, it's it's the it's the lesser of two evils or whatever. But the thing about it is when you really when you look at the effects, like the long term effects of Democrats that have been in office, you know, like, let's look back at the Clinton administration, since that's looked at as, like, one of the, like, premier, you know, presidential administrations. Bill Clinton, early in his pres presidency, passed the, uh, mass like, the um, violent crime bill, which basically led to mass incarceration, which was where our, our prison population ballooned up from 200,000 to over 2 million. And that was under his administration. He championed that bill, as did Hillary. And that bill did disproportion, a disproportionate amount of harm to black people, even more than what the Reagan and Bush administration did. So for me, this whole notion of, oh, well, I have to get a Democrat in office because, you know, I don't want to get a Republican in office. Look, I just I don't buy into this notion of this the two party lesser of two evil system. And, you know, the thing is, like, you know, I, I, I talk about like an older generation thing, but really it's not a new concept because I was reading this quote by um, even W.E.B. Du Bois, a founder of NAACP over like, you know, 100, 100 years ago. Even he was saying like 50, 50 years ago from today, he was saying, you know, we have this belief that there's this lesser of two evil system. But I, he was saying like, and I'm, I'll par I'm paraphrasing him, but. He was saying, like, I believe that the concept of, of democracy is so far gone that there is no two party system. Like, there's not even a lesser of two evils. It's just one evil party. And that concept is going to end like the concept is going to end up screwing us over no matter what. So this whole concept of, you know, like, I feel like there's a lot of contempt from contempt from people who um, from people who believe in the voting process and believe in the Democratic Party and whatever else, but then you they have you you see all these black millennials saying, "Oh, I, I'm not sure if I want to vote, or I'm for damn sure not going to vote, or I'm going to vote third party if I do vote." I feel like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of contempt that kind of is directed at our, at us because we have we don't share the same mentality that you do, which I think is a bit disingenuous because, I mean, even if you look at you know like the mentality that comes from a lot of these people is oh these millennials are lazy or they're entitled they're, they're bratty or whatever but when you think about who is really driving this current pro-black movement that we're seeing 
it's largely millennials. We're largely the ones who are out in the front lines, who are protesting, who are taking the rubber bullets and the, the tear gas from police. We're the ones who are confronting politicians. You know, that's where a lot of the passion is coming from. So I think it's a bit disingenuous to say that, oh, we don't care or we're lazy just because we don't believe in this one method of supposed change, even though we've been voting for Democratic politicians for the last 50 years and look where we're at now. We're still fighting the exact same battles today that we were fighting 50 years ago. So, I mean, like, and that's not to suggest that you shouldn't vote. It's not to suggest that I'm going to shame anyone who is going to vote. Like, if you if you believe in that process, by all means, you should do it. And I'm not, I'm not even saying that I'm not going to vote. I'm just saying that, you know, we have to look at this critically and just be like, you know, look at what's happening. Look at everything that's happening, and we've been believing in this process for the past fifty years, and look at where it's gotten us. And it's got—it has it really has it really gotten us anywhere? And yeah, but um, I think this is just disingenuous to lay the blame of whatever at the feet of young millennials. It's also disingenuous to say that nothing has happened and that there hasn't been some progress. It's you know and. I, as as a as a realist and as a person who is practical, my answer, my question to anyone, what sparked our conversation last week was I posted a link by a woman that says I'm young black, I'm a young black female, and I may not vote in this presidential election, which is a little bit different from what you're saying, which is yes, we understand that the system is flawed. And, you know, there's other things to consider. But my question to anyone who doesn't vote is what do you think that's going to accomplish? And what do you think is going to be gained by you not participating in the system if you aren't planning to leave the country? Well, what's to be gained by voting? If we're being perfect, I mean, I could turn that question around easily. I mean, well, you, and, you know, you, and you say like, oh, there's, you know, we've had some progress. And I mean, sure, like we had the Civil Rights Act that passed. But see, here's the thing. Even in what we had, like the current system that we have now, we just had a couple of years. It was either last year or a couple of years ago. We just had the Voting Rights Act that just got gutted by the Supreme Court. And that just happened. And even right, a lot of the even a lot of the so, issues so, that we bring up now. The, so and the, everyone the else jump in because that's the whole point of this is that we need to all jump in. So your point about the Supreme Court was one of the things that you and I talked about in uh in in the group the person that nominates supreme court justices is the president that's who we vote on the people who confirm the justices is the senate whom we vote on from the states right now president obama has an opportunity to nominate his third justice which will tip the balance of the supreme court in his favor so there are there are consequences to not voting. I I I just wish that we could you know, I don't want I think some people assume that just because you don't agree with someone and I'm not saying that you do, but I'm saying cuz you know, I feel like we're having an intelligent conversation here, but people are so polarized in their thinking that if we don't agree that you know there must be some big thing and I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that your vote, you're not voting because some things aren't going the way that you want. 
I'm agreeing that I'm agreeing with you on all of your points, but I'm saying that there are also larger issues here that, you know, need to be addressed. And it's not going to be if you're not going to leave the country. I don't I'm not really sure how any of these things are going to be changed if we want changes in the Voting Rights Act or if we I mean, it's literally called the Voting Rights Act. Right. Well, I mean, like, I, I just brought it up as an example because that was oh, one sure, of the sure. big of the civil rights movement. But the mm-hmm. thing is, I mean, but again, like, you know, you bring up the whole issue of voting. But I mean, you 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 rewind back 50 years. And this, this is not a new concept. This whole opposition to the ba- the level of value that we put in into voting. It's not sure. new because, I mean, you have people who people like the stuff that millennials are saying now. That stuff that had been said even back in the fifties, even be- even before the even before the Civil Rights Act was passed, people were saying this. So it's not like it's a new concept that oh, I, d- I just don't believe in the concept of voting in in the same way that I do in be- that, I, that I believe in activism or protesting or whatever else. You know, I, I just don't I just don't believe. I just, and and the thing is like. And again, it's not me saying that, oh, I'm personally not going to vote or whatever. It's just me saying that I understand the belief that I understand that belief that I just don't have much faith in voting. Because, I mean, again, as like you can't just think of it as the overall Democratic Party, because I I, I do believe that the Democratic Party has served the interests of a lot of people. It served the interests of the LGBTQ community. It served the interests of, you know, college, you know, college you know, people who attend college. It served it served the interests of women. It served the interests of a lot of different people. But when it comes to black people, I feel like that's where it has failed one hundred percent miserably. It hasn't served our interests. In some ways, it's made us worse off. That 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 I feel like because honestly, it's, if we if we want to be perfectly honest, it's kind of a bit of a blind loyalty because they make themselves out to be. Oh well, you can vote. Well, you can you know not vote for us. But what are you going to do? Vote for Republicans. And I feel like they it instills a certain fear in us because the Republicans put out this certain like it's a very obvious brand of bigotry and racism that they put out. So they, we look at that and we think, oh, well, shit, if the Democrats are telling us that's our only obje- if that's our only alternative, then I guess we have to vote Democrat. And I think that's that's a right. bit of emotional well, blackmail. And, and, I think, and I think I even see that now. I have even seen that. I, I personally was trying constantly. to jump in. Just jump in, Gert, because you won't get an opportunity <laughs> otherwise. Start speaking. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll run my mouth. Have... Right. No, well, not I'm, you. I'm, I'm talking about whoever that is. But I think the other the other side of what you're saying is I hear I hear what you're saying when when you say that, you know, if they're not addressing neither party has necessarily addressed the issues of African-Americans. And to a large degree, I agree with that. But the other side of it is that, you know, there are other issues beside those that address the African-American community that I want to see that that, that I want to see from the candidates. So if I don't. So I'm not I'm not naive enough to think that any candidate is going to address positively all of my views and all of my issues. But I am going to look at each and every single one to see what issues that they do address that will speak to me. And I'm going to use my vote to affect to to affect change by voting for that particular candidate, because that candidate may not necessarily see my view on some things but i definitely know that there are some candidates they don't see any of my views on anything 
So if my vote is going to make sure that that particular individual doesn't come into office, then I think that's the kind of thinking that we need to encourage. Yes, there's always going to be flaws in the system and things that that could be improved. That's that's for me, that's beyond dispute. That's that's just a given because, you know, as much as has as much as has seemingly been done, there's a whole lot of more that should have been done and that probably could be done. I'm optimistic to know that it could be done. So. Yeah, they don't necessarily need to address all my views, but they, if they can address some of the things that I'm concerned about, and I know that there are candidates that aren't going to address anything that I'm concerned about, yeah, I'm going to throw my I'm going to throw my lot in with the person that I know is going to at least do something. Right. Okay. And, and for, you know, for oh, me, for I, let me say this real quick because there's I hear you speak about the millennials and their ideas and and where and, and their way of thinking. And there are a lot of good ideas that are coming from this millennial generation. But one thing that I have an issue that I take note with the millennial generation is that they're not brand new. There were there were free thinkers and and and, and those back in the civil rights era that also thought in a different mindset that thought more advanced than Dr. King and thought more. Yeah, advanced I'm not saying it's a new mindset more. at all. Right, but what I'm saying is, but my issue with this version of the millennials right now is the ones that go on these rants saying I'm not going to vote at all, or I'm not going to, or or for me, try to not really to try to justify why they I call it being almost like a child having a tantrum, saying, well, if I don't have well, let's my not, way, let's not I go there because that's a very loaded home. phrase, Mr. Anthony. <laughs> well, no, and I, I've addressed that I, I, already. To call someone, some, to call someone some, a child. <laughs> no, but they, but, 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 but when you, but don't get me started to get biblical with and talk. So if you act as a child, and, and if you're actor oh, of a child, I have five minutes left. We have five minutes left on this topic. So everyone gets exactly one minute. Carl, your minute starts now. Now, all I'm saying is that some of their actions are very immature in the way of thinking. They need to think. A, I, I get what they're they're wanting to do. I, I understand they want to push change in a, in a more aggressive manner, and I and I love that part of it. But I really want I want to see them say, let's not go so far extreme that we discount our cause and that we shut off those who did come before them because there still needs to be that level of respect for those that came before them and find a way to still embrace those ideas and still create the, the kind of change they want. That's what I really would like to see the millennials do more of and not be just so far extreme and say, I'm not going to vote at all. I'm not going to do this at all. I, I just can't get with that concept for me. It's, it's just hard for me to, to get to support that way of thinking. All right. Uh, Legionnaire, 60 seconds. Um, I would only close out by saying that by, while I do understand uh, the differences in thinking, um, at least as it's been presented, I still think that it's important that we as citizens always stay engaged, you know, even as the process needs to be improved. It can't be improved if those of us that want to see improvement don't come to the table, even if that coming to the table means doing so by, you know, exercising your vote. 30 seconds. Was so do it? it. Do it, damn it. Just do it. <laughs> Mark, 60 seconds. Oh, gosh. 60 seconds. Um, I mean, I just, look, as I've said, I just, I don't believe that this whole concept of voting is like, I feel like we treat it like the be all end all of creating change, of making our voices heard. 
But I think that we've already like, and I also just really don't appreciate this concept of, oh, if you don't vote, then you're being a child and you're being immature. How is it being immature when you're going out and protesting and taking rubber bullets and taking literal bullets and taking all of this shit from the police and you're on the front lines of all of it? I don't see how that's being childish. And also, and also this, this again, this isn't new. Previous generations have been opposed to voting. And also, I mean, like, I just, I don't believe in putting all of our faith, continuing to even begrudgingly put our faith in this party to address any of our interests. And I understand, like, like, you know, we don't have, like, everyone has their key interests and things or whatever, but some people, black issues come first for them. And the thing is, we have to put our issues first because no one else is putting our issues first. So if, if, if the Democratic Party isn't prioritizing us, and at some point we have to be like, you know what, you need us and you're not doing anything for us, so fuck you. And if that if that if that takes down the Democratic Party, then that's your problem. It's that's your fault. It's not ours. Off like we're at the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I'll say thank you to everyone in a moment. But um, you know what's sad is that it took me until I was what's this? What was 2008? Until I was 37 year old, 37 years old, to actually be able to vote for someone in whom I believe completely and 100%. That says a lot about our political system. Barack Obama's first election was the first time in my 37 years that I actually did not feel like I was choosing the lesser of two evils, like I was choosing the truly good person. But life isn't usually like that. Life usually does not give us those clean and clear choices, and life is almost always about compromise and choosing the lesser of two evils. And so while I agree with everything that you have said about the shortcomings of the Democratic Party and their particular candidates, we still live in this country, so the only way we're going to get a little bit of something other than a whole lot of nothing is to vote. Well, someone, some, some of us don't want to settle for nothing, so that's going to be, a, that's going to be an ideological difference. Okay. Well, Mark, I want to thank you for being on the introductory uh, edition of Point Counterpoint. <laughs> thank you for inviting me. And it was fun. As the host of Point Counterpoint, I will officially render my verdict now. Mark, <laughs> you are wrong. <laughs> No. Yeah, I know, no, you, old man. <laughs> I think no, no, you aren't. I think it was a great uh, discussion. I think these are the issues that people need to conversations that people need to have without the name calling. You know, not I that agree. and Carl wasn't purposely trying to call you a name, but you know, oh, people no, say a lot like of things besides childish, and I'm just like, girl, can we have a conversation where people of differing opinions come together without you just demonizing people? I hate that. Yes. I didn't personally take offense to anything that he said. I just, I, I it's just, sure. that I, I just, I just felt that um, that sentiment because that, and that's come from a lot of a lot of different people, but in obviously more, you know provocative ways than he put it <laughs> sure well again uh we want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy um uh what do you your busy dinner party schedule you know you're living the high life out there in chicago so uh we want to thank you for taking time out of that schedule to come and spend some time with uh the reality family and hopefully you'll come back next time we have a hot button issue which will probably be in another week or two. Oh, absolutely yeah, let me know time. Cool. Uh, thank you again. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. 
All right, kids, because we had such a good time on point counterpoint, we're going to have to do a speed round on this hot tea. So I'm going to give you a description and you have 30 seconds to say whatever it is you want to say about it. First up, Corinne Stefans, also known as Superhead, said that Oprah and Maya Angelou were hoes, but the past shouldn't define your success. Carl Anthony, you first. 30 seconds. She, what she was, the point she was trying to make is actually a valid point, but the way she presented at the beginning was all wrong and was what she is. She's ghetto. She's ratchet. So unfortunately, she gave it a ratchet introduction, and then she came back and gave more depth and more content to what she was trying to say, and I do agree with what she was ultimately trying to get across. It's just we had to go through the ratchet waters to get to the point. So that that's my view of it. Legionnaire, thoughts? Um, I understand what she was trying to say, but I think she's full of shit uh, because <laughs> she has, you know, she she has started her 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 celebrity spotlight as someone who sleeps around with with you know with powerful rap stars so you know now you want to turn you want to try and turn around and change the narrative that you set up honey you set this in place this wasn't the outside forces of the world that inflicted this upon you these are choices that you made so now all of a sudden you want to set yourself up at a level with the oprahs and the maya angelus of the world yes it, we're very clear that oprah and maya angelou have had their past but they haven't started out defining themselves by what happened in those past they've used those experiences to overcome and become better people that's not what she did she took those experiences and exploited them to become a celebrity all right my first thought was bitch keep i don't give a fuck about oprah but bitch keep maya angelou's name out your motherfucking mouth mm. if we want to get hood about it i, I was like okay with that too this bitch, who the fuck do you think you are going to yes like you said legionnaire right <laughs> They both did this in their past, but, you know, Oprah was trying to make it and, you know, Maya Angelou was responding to the sexual abuse in her life. They didn't build a career off of, of, off of doing that. So fuck you. Next topic. <laughs> Y'all remember last week we got into, did we get into briefly uh, what happened with Funky Dineva? I think we touched on it. Yeah, so uh, if you recall last weekend, Michelle Brown, who is another blogger uh, who does a blog called Straight From The A, posted that um, Funky Dineva, also known as Quentin, whatever the fuck his name is, um, had left her apartment all trashy and everything and, you know, basically was reading him's writing. Everybody was like, yep, that bitch is messy in his professional life. And now he's messy in his personal life. And now this bitch is clapped back. So according to him, everything was cool. But until, you know, he fell into a depression and, you know, his money got funny and he thought everything was cool and he thought everything was straight. But then Sandra got in her feelings and, um, he had receipts, uh, text receipts, and by receipts, I mean actual receipts for money, but then also receipts showing that everything's going to be cool in their conversation, and then everything went left. Uh, my thought is on it, 
sometimes you are cute with some i had people that live here in the house that ain't paid my paid their rent and i was cute with them right up until the moment i wasn't cute with them right up until the moment i sat down and did the math and realized that bitch owed me like nine thousand dollars and then all of a sudden it wasn't cute no more what's uh legionnaire do you have thoughts uh my my thoughts are similar to yours i'm like okay you created a situation where you allowed this person to stay in your home and you know things happened and you know i just i I just never saw the relevance of of you know calling all this out like that i mean right is it um, gonna get you your money right you know it's like so so what are you what are you trying to accomplish it's not gonna get you your money any faster you know it's like you know if it's if it's that serious you know fuck all the blogs and all the other bullshit take the bitch to court (laughs) be done with it that's what i think about that (laughs) (laughs) carl anthony you got any thoughts to add on that I don't have nothing else to add. Y'all just summed it. I ditto. <laughs> ditto, ditto. ditto. I, you, summed, you both summed it up. Well, all right. So, last up in Hot Topics. It's the 17,000th season of <laughs> Dancing with the Stars. Well, apparently it's uh, season 22, actually. So, the cast is full of who the fuck are these? So we'll start with Jody Sweeten. I don't know who that is. She was uh, Misha Barton. Um, uh, the D list describes Misha Barton as the basic channel Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, um, she was the OC. Yes, Kim Fields. We know who Kim Fields is. Marla Maples, who was Donald Trump's second wife. Yes. Uh, Nicole, uh, excuse me, Niall DeMarco, who was the first deaf competitor and winner of America's Next Top Model. Um, Wanye Morris, who was a member of Boys and Men. Isn't he, one, isn't he the one with the deep voice that had to walk with a cane? No. Mm-mm. Oh, that's not him? Oh, okay. Because no. I was going to say, I thought the dude that walked with a cane was like paralyzed now or something. Yeah, I, I was like, it's a miracle, bitch! It's a miracle. <laughs> no, Wanye was 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 the more um, outspoken one of the group. Oh, the one with the big lips. Uh, yeah. Okay. And he's got the kind of fluffy too. Oh yeah. Antonio Brown, who was a football player, I don't know who the fuck that is. Uh, he played for Geraldo the Rivera, huh? Said he played for the Steelers, I believe. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, the Steelers is a hockey team. No football, Pittsburgh. Oh, oh yeah, he's not particularly cute. So keep moving. <laughs> um, Geraldo Rivera. We all know who Geraldo is. Mm-hmm. Ginger Z, who was a weather anchor at uh, Good Morning America. I can't say that I've seen. I, I'll usually watch the Today Show. I don't watch Good Morning America that often. Exactly. I, don't, I, I watch. That's the only show that I watch. Um, Vaughn Miller, who was a Denver Broncos player, uh, Doug Flutie. Now I remember that name name because he did that hail mary pass in mm-hmm. some Super Bowl. No, it was either the Super Bowl or some high school thing. Uh, not high school, but some college thing, and he was famous for that. I think it was college, yeah. and then he was famous for that. But then, like, he was like 
not particularly he wasn't like uh, an awesome he won the Heisman Trophy but then his uh, professional career I don't know that it was um, yeah it wasn't, uh, it wasn't particularly spectacular because I mean he played yeah. he played in the uh, NFL and the CFL um, you know so he's a well known quarterback but not 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 especially notable right and then Paige Van Zant who is an MMA person, but if you're not Ronda Rousey, I don't know who the fuck you are. <laughs> right. So that's the the cast. Any any uh odds on favorites to win it at this time? Does anyone give a fuck? I have no favorites to win it, but I'm gonna be rooting for Niles because he's deaf. And I think yeah. that's gonna be interesting. Yes, yeah, how, how they navigate but, well, how they navigate that and give him the beat because he's gonna have to go off a of feeling or somehow. Mm. So that'll be interesting. That'll make me. I'm sorry, that was rude. Did you hear what I said? He won't be able to hear me. <laughs> you know, so you don't have to hear me because he's sexy. I don't know what he can just look. He at is. He's, he he's, he's, he's yeah. Sexy. He was. He definitely was sexy. That I can tell oh. you. Hold please while I confirm this finding. Oh, yes, yeah, you'll get confirmation. Because I, I had stopped watching it for a long time. But oh, wait a minute! See? Exactly. See? Oh my lord! Them eyes alone. Them, them eyes, eyes are alone. everything. Honey. Say, Just the eyes. Right. Got to fan myself down there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Told you. That'll get you tuning in. Just my to see goodness, him. Yes. Hmm. My. I might watch just for him because he's gonna have to be wearing some tight outfits and everything. Yes. Mm, that, mm, mm. that would be. Oh, him. so he might be. He'll. He'll. Might, he might be worth the price of admission. Mm. Yes, indeed. Well, all right, kids. That was our speed round. That was good. Maybe we might do that more often. It's more <laughs> fun to talk about, you know, five topics real quick and just hit it. And keep it moving. So, kids, did you enjoy the show? Absolutely, I did. It was nice I to always be back. Do. I know, right? Because you missed our premiere episode last yes, week. Yes, we missed you I last did. week. Uh, I'm still here getting myself situated here. In this I know, town. right? You're, did your car break down in the middle of the desert or something? Yes, in the middle of on our Ooh, way in route here. Um, the car we had issues getting here, where the like the tire totally locked up. Um, Girl, y'all had uh, one of those. Uh, did y'all have a two Wong Fu moment where you were sitting <laughs> on the side? So, so, so who who was uh, Chichi Rodriguez and got on the show some leg to get a tow truck? I bet it right. was Rad. And those Rad didn't. Rad was too busy trying to get somebody on the phone because he had just paid for this roadside assistance service through Verizon. It was mm. horrible because where we were at, we were actually in Kingman, Arizona. About two hours out, but we were up in like the mountain part, so there was no signal at all. Oh, um, so we're walking outside trying to figure out get a signal, and um, at one point it is funny that you said that because a tire or, or the wheel at itself locked up. What happened was what ended up happening is that the 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 bearing they said came off, broke off, and the piece that broke off it got so hot. It melted and welded itself into the inner part of, I guess, that metal piece that holds the tire. 
so basically what oh, happened was you know what? So it was ABS too much sexiness in one vehicle that was what happened i guess mm. I, I guess it was just the the tire was fine we removed the tire off we couldn't figure out what was wrong but then when the tow truck came and the guy said yeah that it seems like it's your bearing and sure enough it was but the problem was because it had melted it was more expensive because they couldn't just replace the bearing they had to replace the whole entire unit of the wheel i guess or whatever you call that that piece i don't know what's called but mm. yeah that was that was yeah. our moment of being stuck on the side of the road for about two hours trying to find a signal getting up on a rock at one point ramon was up on a rock oh there's a signal here and you know it was just you know road trips that's the fun of road trips there's always a, a, a story sometimes good sometimes bad of a road trip so but we're here well, now. Well, I'm glad y'all made it through and you're there now. So now we can hang out when I come to Vegas at the end of the month. Sure can. We will Yay. be here. Definitely. Since Legionnaire wrote me off for his own child and shit. <laughs> How dare uh. he put the needs of his offspring before me. But anyway, let's wrap this show up. Uh, <laughs> you can catch reality every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific with replays on Saturdays and Sundays at 12 p.m. Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific. You can visit the Poppy Chulo Radio archives to download this episode and many more. You can binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chulo Radio programs by visiting poppychuloradio.com slash archives. And as we've mentioned many times before, you can also download this episode through iTunes, just search for Reality and subscribe. And once you subscribe, you'll get a link or a notification every time there's a new episode uh, available for you to download. Legionnaire, tell the kids how they can get in contact with you. All righty. Well, the kids can find me on the Twitter and Instagram at Legion Onyx. Uh, my handle on Facebook is Legionnaire Onyx. And for those faithful listeners of Poppy Chulo Radio, uh, you can catch my dulcet tones on the Rambling Dead and Gladiators Unite. And look for our triumphant return to uh, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Lion's Den. Woohoo! Carl Anthony? You you can reach me uh, on our website iamdesign2k.com and on Twitter um, you can reach me also on Twitter at iamdesign2k also on Twitter and those are the two main places to reach me and you can always subscribe to our website the, uh, our our featured model um, fillthewrath.net um, we are quickly approaching a full year. Um, and uh, got some new things coming and, and some exciting hopefully some exciting new things that will uh, definitely please all of our fans um, on the website so guess we can get at us cool well you can reach me on the twitters and the instagrams at Dom Onyx and you can also like my facebook page which is facebook.com forward slash Dom Onyx and you can also go to my website which is domonyx.com Cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. So you can like reality on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash PCR reality. And you can like us on Twitter or follow us on Twitter at PCR reality. You can support us financially by going to gofundme.com slash radio, And you can email us via reality at radio.com with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns. 
And are you interested in joining the Poppy Chulo radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? If so, you can email us at talent at poppychuloradio.com. Everyone say goodnight. Good night, listeners. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. And thanks again to our buddy Mark for being a part of our inaugural Point Counterpoint segment. Thanks for listening to Reality. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.